Good morning, Valley Church. How are we this morning? I was expecting for sure somebody would say blessed. Blessed, blessed. It's been a blessing this morning, hasn't it? It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Oh, oh. Good, good stuff. There's a, do we have a testimony this morning, Renee? I wanted to just start with an amazing, amazing testimony, the goodness of God and his healing virtue, his desire and his willingness to heal those who love him and those he loves. Janie. That's one of I want to say this amazing, okay, I'll come down there. <laughs> this amazing woman of God right here has an, an, incredible, an incredible testimony to share this morning. And just like a couple of weeks ago, when, when we get to hear the good news of the testimony, it's like, do it again, Lord, do it again, do it again, Lord. And Good uh, morning. Yeah, hold it for <laughs> I just want to say I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord and uh, thank you for all the prayers. I had a brain tumor and it was removed. Everything was glorious. I was released with, in less than 24 hours. That's how fast and how good God works. When God touches us, he doesn't make, it's, it's not here and there mediocre. It's perfect. And uh, his, the power of, his, of prayer is just incredible and I just can't thank him enough. Thank you for your prayers your support. Um, the morning of the surgery, all my family gathered, and we all prayed, and I felt like the building was shaking because of the presence of the mm -hmm. power of the Lord being there, and it carried through. I never felt, I never had one ounce of fear because I believe and I trust. I've known my whole life that God has never failed us, and I'm strong in my faith, and clear up until the day that we're putting all the IVs and putting them up, getting all the pipes and stuff to put me under, I started to feel a little bit of panic, and I says, I will not fear because God has not given us the spirit of fear. And so, I mean, as soon as I said that, it was like, it's just left. And the next thing you know, is I'm awake, and they didn't even shave my hair off. <laughs> so here it is. I have it. So God is good, and again, thank you for all the prayers. Oh, there was no cancer, too. There was no cancer. It was benign. So in Jesus' name, yes, amen. So that is my testimony again. Thank you. And thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yes. Thank you, yes. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The, the, the amazing part is, well, one of the amazing things is Renee and I were there at that hospital at 5 o'clock in the morning <laughs> to get ready for her surgery. And all the people that were there, I think there were three pastors with us, two, a, a couple other pastors and probably 30 people in there. We stepped into the, into the not the waiting room, into the foyer, the main place in the hospital, and what are all these people? It was like a church service going on in there <laughs> for praying for her, for her healing yes. uh, and, and the surgery. But the really cool part is, you know, some of the people felt a little uncertain and a little, a little awkward, but she was the one running around comforting everybody, saying, yeah, this is going to be okay. This is going to be great. I have confidence. I have no fear. It's like, wow, 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 wow. What a testament of her faith, yes. and then what a testament of God's goodness that her prayers were answered, our prayers were answered. She's healed, the tumor's yes. gone, and there is, thank you, Jesus, Amen. no cancer. Yes. Amen. And we just say, do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. <laughs> oh. One of the things I remember, and sometimes we, we just can't help but think these things, saying, you know, Lord, let, <clears throat> let her not have to go through this surgery. Let her not have to go through this surgery. But what an incredible testimony, and just being there and being a part and listening to her and her confidence and her <clears throat> sharing and calming the nerves of the people that are around there because she was so confident in her God. It's like, wow, amazing testimony. I'm just so glad that we got to be a part of it. <clears throat> God's good. Amen. Everybody say it with me, God is good. God is good. All, the time. All the time. 
Amen. And he works all things together for our good, for those who love him, called according to his purpose. <clears throat> One, <clears throat> excuse me. Would you bring me that water? Um, I, I just, I know that God's really up to something. Yeah, go ahead and give it a toss. <laughs> you don't think I could catch it, do you? Uh, that woman right there did a, a teaching yesterday. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, she's amazing. I am absolutely blessed to call her my wife. I'm not sure who said that, but I think I have a pretty good idea. <laughs> and I am beginning to feel welcome in that family. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. She shared some of her experiences and just, she has been a worshiper and from, I mean... When, when I met her, I was just like impressed by her worship and her, her willing, her desire, her commitment to the Lord. Just like, wow, this is one godly woman right here. And again, I, I just thank God for her, for this wife, this woman that you gave me, Lord. I, I thank you. <clears throat> Coming up on 30 years, sometimes it seems like it's been forever and sometimes it seems almost like just yesterday. It's like, wow, once again, the goodness of God. I was starting to say, I know that God is just up to something. Don't you just feel that something bigger, something bigger, that something exciting, it's like it's about to happen, it's about to happen, it's about to happen, and then we get a little taste, like even like this morning, this morning, or last week, it's like, oh my goodness, some just crazy things happened last week. Some amazing things happened in the spirit realm last week. And <clears throat> I just have to give you a couple examples. Just got to talk about this a little bit. I should have Tim up here, but I think he's busy doing so. Yeah, Tim, grab that microphone and just <laughs> let's just share a little bit together about you know, what happened between us. First off, <clears throat> I'll say I, uh, man, there was a couple times, it felt like a blast came out of that speaker over there when we were worshiping. It's just like, ooh, 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 just some heavy waves. Sometimes that's what's really cool about being up around the very front. You experience some things, some intensity that you just don't feel if you're back there. You can worship anywhere in the church. You, you can worship anywhere. You can worship in the balcony. But sometimes there's an intensity that comes from the front that you just don't experience if you're not up there. So I would invite you to come to the front because it can absolutely be, well, it's always awesome, sometimes even awesomer, yeah. but powerful. I, I remember a couple, I, I, what, I felt it and I watched Tim respond almost the same way that I did. Like we got yeah. blasted a couple of times. Yeah. In the, and, and then I felt after... I don't know whether to leave half of this out or not. Anyway, I ended up feeling to, uh, to pray for Tim. So I, I reached over and I just started to pray for him just, just quietly, which oftentimes I do. Uh, Lord knows he needs prayer. Yes. Yes. Yes, he <laughs> no. does. <laughs> no, just more anointing. And we're seeing more and more anointing out of this guy, aren't we? He is moving in the Spirit, flowing in the Spirit. And I say, yes, Lord, give him more. Give yeah. him more. Yeah. It's like, but I, I just reached over and, and started praying for him for just a little bit, just, and not even in his ear, just, just like this, and praying for him. As soon as I, but here's the funny part, though. As soon as I touched him, he started, just took off speaking in tongues, just yeah. 100 miles an hour, and it's like, that's the presence of God, just like, whoa, yeah. another level, H&L, whole other level right there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then I quit, and I, I saw this, the young man 
on his face over there, just just worshiping. All through worship, he was on his with his face in the stairs over there at the corner, and I felt I need to go pray for that young man. I don't remember or know what his name was right then, but I need to go pray for that young man. And so I took my hand off Tim's back and stepped over there. It's like, well, I don't want to just march right over there and draw too much attention. I was standing there kind of doing this a little bit. It's like, okay, Lord, I'm going. I'm going. Started walking over there. As I started walking over there, I'm going to end my portion here just for a little bit and then let Tim start telling his part. Yeah, so pastor got done praying for me, and then I still had my eye closed, still speaking in heavenly language, and <laughs> um, all of a sudden it felt like he put his arm around me, um, like sometimes he'll do, and then he'll, we'll start talking about, hey, we need to make sure this is going on during service, or hey, we need to check on something, or this needs to happen. Yeah, that's, so if you see this happen, he's, he's not whispering sweet nothings, he's telling me what to do. So, <laughs> so we're talking... And so or I feel like his arm went around me, and all of a sudden uh, he whispered, I mean, as clear as day, like if he just did right now, was that um, he needs to go pray for, uh, his name's Johnny, he needs to go pray for Johnny. And I was like, okay. So I kind of opened my eyes, and Pastor was standing way off, probably about there. And I look over, and I was like, that's really weird. <laughs> Who's going to pray for Johnny and then all of a sudden I heard, he needs to go pray for Johnny. And I was like, who is praying for Johnny? <laughs> and, and I look over and pastor's doing his whole like contemplating thing. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit was like, pastor, tell pastor he needs to go pray for Johnny. And I was like, he's my superior. I'm not going to tell him <laughs> what to do. And so all of a sudden I was like, hey, and he started walking past. And I was like, are not? Okay. And he started going. I was like, dude, if he goes and prays for Johnny, like shut your mouth. Like... <laughs> What in the world? And I watched him, and I'm kind of like, and then I started doing the whole, like, kind of contemplating thing, and I'm trying not, trying to worship and watch him out of the corner of my eye, and all of a sudden, he goes, and he kneels right next to Johnny, and I was like, what in the, the Holy Spirit, seriously? And I just started giggling for the rest of the time. What in the Holy Spirit? Somehow, that didn't sound right, but like, right. Uh, and you said something else. I remember you said something else to me afterwards. Uh, oh, I know this is going to get crazy. Oh, yeah. And then it was like as soon as pastor walked over, started praying for him, like I said, I started giggling. And I was like, the Holy Spirit, you're just going to take over. There is no way we're going to have a normal service after this moment. <laughs> and it was like, and then as soon as he stepped to the platform, it wasn't. It wasn't a normal service for any of us as we all felt it, as God is moving us forward um, into what he's doing. So, yeah. Perfect. Wow. Never saw her run in, uh, well, it was short notice for Tim, too. <laughs> I just, just before Tim, I, I had, which I don't, I mean, I very rarely do. This is my, I shouldn't say I very rarely do, but it's not that normal on a Sunday morning for me to, you know, I'd be laying hands on her and praying for her. This is my daughter-in-law, Cassie. But before I prayed for Tim, I did. I, I just laid hands on Cassie, prayed for her, and then I just started saying, you know, more, Lord, more, Lord more she was rocking and tipping and saying don't tip me over don't tip me over and I, I quit <laughs> this is between father-in-law and daughter-in-law so I, I quit and started praying went over and then started to pray for Tim so then she'll just tell you really quickly obviously I didn't talk to her first just what happened to her and what actually she prayed that's the part that I want you to do not preach just <laughs> which part did I pray been wanting more? No, 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 no. Yeah, we have the more. Well, yeah, go ahead. Okay. I'll time you. You got two and a half minutes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what I did, <laughs> um, I got rocked and I, my spirit has just been like, I don't know if re reverb is the right word, but like just something is about to happen. Like I feel electrified and I'm just feeling like we're on the edge of, dare I say, <laughs> revival. I like, I feel like Revival. I don't want to go home from this place. I want to be able to call one day and say, sorry, honey, I'm not coming home. God's moving, and I'm staying here. <laughs> but um, Oh, no, no. You want to say, honey, hurry. Get yeah, here quick. Hurry, get, get here, here quick. Take the, bring the kid, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I get, oh. I get rocked. I mean, absolutely rocked. And, and there's such a heavy weight of the Holy Spirit that came over me. I couldn't stand anymore. So I... 
I just smushed into the chair. <laughs> I was just there hoping I wasn't drooling. Um, and Diane had been praying for me. And I had been praying for more, 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 more. And when Lynn came, he said, more. That's all I heard was more. And um, anyways, I was sitting there, and um, Susie came and prophesied over me a beautiful word. And uh, I end up being transported into this beautiful field, and Jesus and I are dancing together. And we danced and danced, and it was so, I can't, it's, you can't put it into words. But I'd been asking for more, and I don't typically get words of knowledge, um, but that's something that I've been longing after. And he just started downloading things to me, and he told me the number five, and, and I thought, well, what in the world? Are you wanting me to go here? I was oh, the kind wind. of thinking of the wind. I was thinking oh, the wind. wind. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we can skip the knowledge thing. Um, so as, as he was praying for me, and I told him, don't knock me down, um, he started to move away, and I, I didn't really see where he was. I was trying to situate my schmush in the chair. And uh, he, he started to walk away, and I just said, Lord, Holy Spirit, just come in this place. Just sweep over it like a mighty rushing wind. And when the gentleman came up, he said it was like a mighty rushing wind. Yeah, remember what, the, what Johnny's testimony when he, when he came up and shared? You know, he got delivered. He got blessed. He, got, he shared about a healing that he received a few months ago. But what he said, I said, what did you experience here? He said, I just felt like a rushing wind. It went up my arms and hit me in the face. And it's like, so how cool is that? That first, it's Tim, it's Cassie, it's Johnny, and it's all combined because the Holy Spirit just starts working all through us. So it's so many more. That's just three of the things. And I don't... And Dominic, he came up here and the word that he shared was explosive, wasn't it? It's like, wow, that was amazing. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you can take it back too. <clears throat> Thank you, guys. Let's give them a hand. I appreciate them both so much. <clears throat> and willingness in season, out of season, come, come right up here and, and, and just be willing to share. And, um, there, yes, sir. Just keep a hold of it. That's part of the way that we do it. I, I, think, I think you could hear me without this, but I was sitting here, and I don't know how that corresponds time-wise with what happened, but I felt a breeze <laughs> on my neck, <laughs> and I, I turned to Alvin and I said, did you feel that? She said, no. But it was, it was a, it was a breeze, just enough to cool me, and so I, I think that corresponds to what you're saying. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <clears throat> I think that is so cool. It reminds me of John fourteen twenty, eight nineteen twenty twenty one, where it says. Those who love me, and I will love them, and my Father will love them, and I will manifest myself to them. It's just really cool how the different ways that he manifests himself that we get to experience. And so you are so real. It is so cool the things that you do when we come into your house and worship you. He is our all in all. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Jesus at the center of it all the head of the church. We've been talking for the last five weeks about Jesus being the head of the church, talking about the church. I told you I had a three-part message to bring. Now we're on part six of that three-part message, uh, and we're almost there. Almost there. I, I, oh, I think this is a great, this is like family time right here, unless we have run around with a microphone if somebody else experienced something just 
absolutely amazing uh, last Sunday that wants to share it really quick. I could send Tim around with a microphone. All right. Just a lot of amazing things happen, but... Um, Oh, teaching moment, teaching moment. Before I jump into that, as family here, when, just use this, when Dominic felt like he had a strong word from the Lord and he started to come up here, he actually did come up here, and the first thing that Tim started to do was look at me, because what we do, gonna, well, this is for everyone's benefit, not, I mean, Dominic's been around here long time know this kid. He gave his heart to the Lord in the gymnasium before we ever had this, this half of the church over here. So he's a long timer, but that didn't set a precedence for what happens here. Everything is done decently and in order. You know why so many times and so many churches don't even operate in the gifts of the Spirit anymore or don't have or, or prophetic words spoken because things get unruly, get out of order and Sometimes it just it generates and creates chaos. So what Tim did is Dominic came up. Tim was standing there with the microphone, holding on tightly and dearly to that microphone. As he turned, talking on the microphone, and looked at me like, okay, I'm getting ready to send him to you. That's what we do. The protocol is, and I believe that many of us will end up getting and do get words from the Lord. Sometimes it's timely and it needs to be shared. Tim looked at me. He was getting ready to say, you're going to have to go talk to Pastor Lynn first. But I walked over to about right there and let's go for it. I can feel in my spirit, this needs to happen. This, this needs to happen. So I walked over and said, yeah, 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 yeah. Two thumbs up. Tim gave him the microphone. Typically, what needs to happen is you need to walk over if you feel like you have something. Share it with, if I'm up here, with either Pastor Tim, Pastor Rich. Share it with them if they feel like in their spirit it connects in their spirit, then they will walk them, walk you up with the microphone or make some kind of, it's like, we got something here. And then we will have that, that word shared. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So it's something that can be hung on to, can be held on to, can wait. Sometimes it's burning and it's so, it's like, I got to give it, I got to give it, I got to give it. But the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet, which means he can control it, she can control it. You can wait a few minutes till the time is right. Okay. We, uh, that's, that's the protocol, that's the way, because I believe, I mean, I know, I know that God's speaking, I know that other people are hearing, I know that we don't have to just have the, the preacher up here the whole time doing it, that someone else can be bringing a relevant, revel, R&R, relevant, revelatory word that's timely, but it needs to end up connecting being approved, it's coming through a filter first. Let's just, okay? All good? I thought that was a great opportunity right there, and that was a, it was a great word. It was powerful, and something was released. Dominic, awesome, awesome. Love you, appreciate you. Had those guys in my home the other night and brought some incredible food. Anytime you want to come into my house, just bring some good food, and you're welcome. <laughs> uh, Yes, okay. I believe. Last, last week I was talking about some, some I believes, sharing some I believes. I believe that when you go, one of the things that I believe is when you go in search of a church. I mean, a lot of us are looking for, have been looking for. I talked to a couple different people last week during the week. It's like, what do you look for when you're, I mean, that are not a part of this church? Necessarily. So what do you look for if you're going looking for a church, because one of them was, I said, what, what do you look for? What are you looking for? You're being proactive in your church search. I said, it's like, like my daughter. I said, you know what? What are you going to look for in a husband? Christy Lynn, what are you going to look for in a husband? I want you to start making a list of things 
that you want in a husband? And she says, okay. So she spent a lot of time. She's prayed about it. She's done it. She's made a big old long list, and so far nobody's qualified. It's like, well, that's a pretty tall bard. (laughs) No, that's awesome. It's awesome. It's incredible, and thank God she's still single. Uh, Because she is so valuable around this place. We love and appreciate that girl and the uh, gifts and abilities that she has. And he's given all of us gifts and abilities. As I've been sharing, the church is his idea. It's his plan. In fact, I wrote down at the very beginning of this series when I started it, is the church, I believe the church has the solution for the world today. That we, the church, have the answers. We are the solution. And he's called us to be the solution for the world today. We're to be the example. And I believe that... I believe that I fast-forward skipped, started talking about my daughter and forgot about the reason that we're looking for what we're looking for in a church. But what we're looking for in a church is just exactly what I'm talking about from my perspective. If we're going to be proactive in the church search, what we're looking for, we're looking for a church that teaches truth, that absolutely teaches truth. I'm going to get into that just a little bit here in a, in a few minutes. I'm going to go to 2 Timothy and talk about about what needs to be taught in the church, and it's the truth. Uh, Man, but a church where you know the presence of God is there, where you can tangibly see it, feel it, the presence of God. It needs, there needs to be truth. There needs to be presence. We need to be able to feel what's going on in the spirit realm, that there is something happening in the spirit, right? Okay, at least everybody's still agreeing with me. But so importantly that the truth in the word, the word is spoken and that we're believing the Bible, that it's the infallible, true, organic word of God that's not a history book. It's not just teaching us about history. I had someone just talking the other day about how important it is that we know what the time was and, and, and the reference of time and the, the, and the situation in which all of this was. It's like, yes, that's important, that's true, but you can be a student of the Bible and never know who Jesus is, never experience his goodness, his power, the authority that he has for us, those that are his kids, what we get to walk in. All you know is about him, about it, about time frames, about history. It's like, no, no, no. The important thing is we know him. And we experience his goodness. And we come to church to let him know how much we love him and appreciate him. We come to worship him. We also come to learn. We come together to learn to be edified, to be encouraged, that the body would be built up. We build one another up in the church. So as I was talking with, uh, with this one young man, he says, well, what I am looking for before I started giving him any of, the, any of the answers is what I feel like. If I were going looking for a church, I want to feel the love of the people, that not only do they love God, put God first in all things, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all of your understanding, and love your neighbor, your brother and your sister, as yourself. I want to feel the presence of God and the love of the people. The two most important things, those commandments. If you keep those, you got it. And I want to begin to learn who I am, and what my purpose is. It's like, that's really important. So I listened to to him. He says, well, I want to go. I want to find a church where there's a lot of other people that are my age. So I can just, I want to feel comfortable, and I want to have a lot of things going on 
for my kids, where there's plenty of programs going on for kids and a lot of people my age. It's like, that's it? Oh, okay. Let me name some churches for you. I started naming a few. If that's what you're looking for, I know some amazing churches that have lots of great programs and lots of young people. That's not what I'm called to. And I don't believe that's the reason that you're here is because that's what you believe or what you're called to. I believe um, we're going to read Romans 8, 28, 29 first. Here's some of the, some of the, of the I believe. I believe that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I believe that whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. It's like that makes Jesus my older brother. We are born into the kingdom to be sons and daughters of God, with Jesus being our example that we were predestined, as we were called, created to be conformed into his image. So what are we supposed to look like as Christians? We're supposed to be looking more and more and more like him because we were called and predestined in that calling to become more and more like Jesus. Well, how are we going to become more and more like Jesus? By learning who he was, what he did, what he looked like, what he said, how he prayed, how he taught, how he fellowshiped with his disciples. Hmm. We're called to be examples to the world of who he is and who he was. But most importantly, who he is today. He's our savior. He's our redeemer. He's our brother and our friend. He's our father. He's our God. He is, he is, he is. He was, he is, he will be. I believe that you and I were created to fulfill his purpose. And I believe that, that the word says that he knew you, he knit you together in your mother's womb. He knew you before the beginning of time. And he created you absolutely with a purpose in mind. And that when you find and fulfill that purpose, that greater purpose, is when complete satisfaction comes into your life. The satisfaction that you will walk in, that you will realize, the greatest satisfaction that you will have on this side of glory. Ephesians 2.10 says, You were created before the beginning of time for good works. He created you for good works. So you were prepared beforehand to do. So he knew what he was doing when he put you together. He made you to be something special, created for the works that he has for you. You have a purpose. I believe a big part of that purpose is to become a part of his church. Because his church is his design, his plan for the salvation of the world to bring comfort, to bring healing, to bring salvation to the world. The church. Everybody say, the church. The church, the church of Jesus. And when he's the head, everything falls into place. A lot of people, I've heard several people say, well, I don't really need the church to serve Jesus. Well, you may not, or you may think you don't, and you may not need the church to serve Jesus, but let me tell you, Jesus is the head of the church, 
The church is his plan, so the church needs you. See, the church needs me. Yeah, let's say that together. The church needs me. His church needs me. You may think you don't need the church, but the church needs you. Matthew 9, 37 says, The harvest is ready. The harvest is bountiful. The fields are ready, but the workers are few. The workers are few, so the church needs you. <laughs> Sound like some kind of poet here. Okay, I want to go to, really quickly, to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, 4th chapter, the last, the last couple of verses of the 3rd chapter, starting with 16, 3.16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Ooh. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, <clears throat> for reproof, for correction. Everybody say, for correction. for correction. That means we need correction. We all need correction. And so we go to the Scripture for correction. We have been received that promised gift of the Holy Spirit who will lead us into all truth, who will comfort us, who will teach us. But everything that we believe, or even know, but everything that we believe that we've heard from the Holy Spirit needs to come into alignment with the words of his Bible. Because we can hear from more than one spirit. Are you with me? Okay. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So we're made righteousness, we're made righteousness, we're made righteous through faith when we believe in Jesus, then why in the world do we need instruction, more instruction in righteousness? Because we're to walk in righteousness and that's a growing experience. It's like, oh, I don't need that. I have been made righteous because I believe in Jesus. And yes, you have. The slate has been washed completely clean. We are washed white as snow. We are a new creation in Christ. But we're going to end up having to walk this out and as we walk it out in our own understanding, it's going to be necessary for us to have more instruction in righteousness for us to continue walking and growing in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the Bible is our guidebook. It's our learning instrument that the words of this good Bible, the words of God written in this Bible, are our instruction manual, our instruction manual that the man of God and the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So it's awesome and it's amazing and we love prophetic words and we love words of knowledge and we love all of that stuff that we receive as long as it lines up with the Word of God. Sometimes, <clears throat> I'm going to go on here just a little bit, the people can end up getting a complete misunderstanding because, oh, I'm going to read a little bit more. And then <laughs> For the time will come, oh, Preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. So this is what we are supposed to be doing. 
Paul is talking to Timothy, who's going to be a preacher. He's going to end up, you know, he's building a church. They're having a, a church. So, preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, convince, rebuke. What does rebuke mean? I mean, stop it, straighten up. Nope, nope. I need to correct you. I'm going to rebuke you. I'm going to correct you. It's a strong correction, bringing a strong correction. Exhort is speaking something positive and confident. Dominic got up here and really exhorted last Sunday. With all long-suffering and teaching. Excuse me. For the time will come when they, who's they? They is we, they is us. You're talking about us, the people in the church. They will not endure sound doctrine. It's like, uh uh-oh. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they'll heap up for themselves teachers. It's like, oh, man. That's like finding the people that, because of your itchy ears, because of what you want, because of trying to desire, oh my goodness, trying to fulfill the desires of your own flesh. Last week I was talking about uh, preference over purpose. We can choose preference when we look at preference over purpose, when it's really all about purpose and fulfilling the purpose, our purpose in Christ. But how we can look for, and this is like, Change, change, change. I'm going to go check out this church, this church, this church. I have been rebuked, and I don't like it. That doesn't feel good to be rebuked. It's like, I'm going to uh, hear over the last, in the last year, there's been two different people that have come to me, two couples that have come to me and said, Pastor Lynn, we want you to mentor us. We really want to serve God, and we want to do it right, and we want to, uh, you know, f- follow through with. We want, could you, could you, would you? <clears throat> so yes, absolutely, I would. Come on in here. Come on in here. Come in my office, or one in the front office, one in the actual game room back there at a social Sunday. I says, talk to me a little bit. What, what are you looking for? What do you want? So we, we want to go all the way with Christ. We, we want to, it's like, okay then let's look at some foundation stuff. Um, What are you going to do different this time? Are you willing to make some sacrifices? Are are you willing to make some commitments? Yes, yep, yep. It's like, so, you have a a, a new girlfriend here. Talk to me a little bit now. I won't use any names, but are you planning to marry? Well, that's ultimately our goal. Are you living together right now? Well, yeah. It's like, so if you're living together, then you're probably having sex. Well, I can't believe you asked that, but uh, yeah. Uh, I, yes, kind of a private thing to be asking. I said, okay. Then we have a major foundational issue right here. We have a major foundational issue right here. My Bible tells me that that's fornication which absolutely is sin. And so you're going to have to repent of that sin. You're going to have to ask forgiveness of that sin. But are you going to go back home and sleep together again? It's like, okay, maybe this is not what we really want. (laughs) And so they left. I didn't see them again. It's like, well... You know what? It's really time that we be completely honest with people. Otherwise, our silence is like an approval stamp, which says, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. You know, that's okay. Don't, don't worry about it. We can work on this just a little bit at a time. We can work on this a little bit at a time. It's like... Oh, I had another man come and said, Pastor Lynn, someone who had been, I mean, over the years, been had healing in his body and just incredible things happened to him and realized that 
the woman that he was with. Sometimes we just make some really big assumptions. We assume that people are married when they come into the church as a couple. It's like, well, of course they're married. Uh, they're sitting here as a couple, they're in church, they're listening to the messages, but things are a little skewed to them because we don't really speak the truth. Uh, <clears throat> as it is written, if it's right here in the Word, if it's in the Bible, then it needs to be taught as truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So truth is incredibly important that we hear truth. Otherwise, we can just be going along thinking that we're okay. And whose fault is that? It's mine. It's ours. Those that are leading them, those that are encouraging them. It's like, you know what? We need to exhort, rebuke, correct, pray with, pray for. But you can pray until you're blue in the face with somebody who's still living right in the middle of sin and ain't nothing going to change. They have to end up making a decision. Yes, I am willing to take that step. I do want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. So yeah, I, I am willing to separate for a while, and then we'll get married. It's like, and I really, as I was praying about this and, and thinking about this, you know, just getting married, so it continues to, to, to work out to make this legal, to make this right. Sometimes it's like sweeping sin under the rug. It's like... Oh, there's another step. We have to acknowledge that we were living in sin. We have to repent of that, which means make some kind of change, and then get married. Or if we've already gotten married, we still need to go back and repent because it's like a pet sin or a hidden sin, something that's just been swept under the rug, and is keeping us from the complete breakthrough that we want in Jesus Christ. Does this make sense to anybody? Oh. Yeah. yeah, the time will come that they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they'll heap up for themselves teachers. Those that will teach exactly what they want to hear, that won't address the honest issues. They will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Truth. A ministry of truth. We need to be... Truth tellers. Now, we run around and say, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. No, Jesus is the answer. He's the solution. He has salvation. He has hope. The hope of glory. He has power. He has authority. He wants so much for us. And, wow, it's noon again and I'm halfway done. Probably Tim's fault again, not giving me enough time. You know, for the last several years, um, I absolutely believe it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's His goodness, His love, His mercy, His tender kindness. And that we, as people, express that love, that gentleness, that tenderness, speaking the truth in love. But we still need to speak the truth. <clears throat> but the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And I was talking about, as I was being raised up, my dad was the disciplinarian, my mom sometimes too. But uh, 
I referred that to as, as, the, as the mother-son dance when my mom disciplined me because we'd go around in a circle with a belt, her holding my hand, going doing the little circle dance there. My dad, on the other hand, there was no dance in there. Was no, it was like, yeah, it was different. It was different. And I think that, you know, we, we serve a loving, good, good God. But the Word tells us that He chastens, He rebukes and chastens whom He loves. If we, <laughs> if we want to be His loved sons and daughters, we expect correction in our lives. We expect a swat every once in a while when we get far enough out of line. It's like, and we welcome and encourage those rebukes. Let me, I need to go just a little bit more. Are you good for like five or seven more minutes? Okay. Um, the, the woman caught in adultery. The woman caught in adultery. That would be John 8, 1. I'm not going to turn there. I'm just going to tell the story. The Pharisees and Sadducees caught a woman. They said they caught her red-handed. They caught her in the act of adultery. And they brought that woman to Jesus. And they said, all right, we know what the law of Moses says. We know what's going to happen to this woman. She's caught in adultery. So we're supposed to stone her. Right, Jesus? And what... What did Jesus do when they, when they brought her? He, he's got him a little stick, and he didn't start to beat her with the stick. He started drawing, and he, he pretended like he didn't hear him at first. He, he started scribbling something in the dirt, in the sand below him. Now this woman was come, and she was thrown right in front of him, and so he's scribbling in the, in the dirt right there something, instead of even hearing what they're saying, or pretending not to hear what they're saying, and as he scribbled that in the in the dirt, I tried to research and find out what possibly could he have written. And, and some theologians in like the 1500s thought it was earth to earth, which is like dust to dust. It's like in how we're created, you know, we're, we're created from dust and to dust we will return. So if you saw Jesus writing that in front of you, you would know you're done, you're finished, you're going to get stoned, you're, you're dead, right? I mean, that be not what you would think? Nobody? It's like, oh, he was writing that right in front of her, writing that, you know, if, if it was earth to earth, dust to dust, she would think, yeah, I know the law, I know what I've done, I know I am about to be stoned right here, and Jesus confirmed it right there, knowing that the penalty for what she had done was death. And the word tells us that the penalty for sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. She came to Jesus. He wrote down earth to... I'm just supposing that he actually did write earth to earth, dust to dust. She saw that. She knew what she had done. She knew what the penalty was for the sin that she had committed. And Jesus finally, he, you know, they keep saying, hey... Get your rock, man. It's time to stone her. It's ready. It's, it's time. You know, you, we know what the law says, Jesus, and you know what the law says. So what was his response to those religious zealots right there? He said, okay, you're right. That's what the law of Moses says. Now the, <clears throat> the one of you who is not guilty of sin, who has had no sin in his life, you throw the first stone. Oh, so from the oldest, that scripture says there, from the oldest to the youngest, they dropped their rocks and they went walking away. It's like you without sin, throw that first stone. So they, they, they walked away and then Jesus, he got up from speaking with her, from whatever he was doing, from his writing on the ground. And he looked, not one Pharisee, Sadducee left. So he turns to her and says, Woman, where are your accusers? Or woman, what, what, where are your condemners? 
I think the word, where are your condemners? She said, there are no condemners. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. Neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. So she knew that there was a death sentence for what she had done. We know there's a death sentence for the things that we have done. Something needs to die. Blood needs to be shed. Jesus was that sacrifice for our sin. And all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But redemption is available for each and every one of us. And it is as simple as saying, Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Peter and and the other apostles were you know, they, they had a question for, for Jesus. And it's like Peter saying, it's like, man, if somebody sins against me, <clears throat> how many times do I have to forgive them? <clears throat> Is seven enough? <clears throat> Jesus said 70 times seven. In Luke, in fact, I want to turn to this. I, I, I want to close with this one, I think. Um, uh, Luke 17, verses 3 and 4. Seventeen verses three and four. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. So the first thing we need to do is call him out. If he sins against you, correct him. Give him a strong correction. Hey, you sinned against me. You did this against me. If he repents, forgive him. See, we're to forgive by the same measure that we will be forgiven, or the same measure will be used against us. That we forgive, we will be forgiven the same measure by which we forgive right we all know that scripture if he repents forgive him if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying I repent you shall forgive him you know the stories that Jesus used you know and the examples and the stories that he told were for our benefit It was examples for us to live by. So not only are we to forgive them, but it's like when we have asked Jesus to come in to be Lord of our lives, when we have been completely cleansed, when we've repented, been baptized, and been washed of our sin, and we've put on that robe of righteousness, that clean white robe, and we have gone and we've stumbled and we've tripped and we've fallen... We have to just simply come to him and say, Jesus, I'm sorry, forgive me. And he's telling them as much as seven times in one day. Seven times in a day. If your brother comes to you and repents, you need to forgive him. So what does that say about him and us? If we mess up, it's as simple as repenting asking forgiveness and he is gracious and kind and loving enough to forgive us again the difference between us and him is he has this crazy amazing ability to forgive and forget once he's forgiven you one time in a day he's wiped it off and forgotten it you go back to him again and say Jesus I'm so sorry I did that again. And he says, again, my son, my daughter? Again? He's forgotten. It's as cast as far as the east is from the west into the sea of forgetfulness. If your heart 
is pure before him and you continue to repent for your wrongdoing and your desire is to walk in his love and his righteousness, he will forgive you and reestablish you. There are some people that say, I have repented and been forgiven. Good for you. When you sin again, repent again and you will be forgiven again. It's right here in his word. It's necessary that we continue to repent when we know that we've messed up. I've heard people say, well, I just, I mean, for years, I've heard say, yeah, but my identity in Christ, I know that I am a chosen son or a daughter and temporarily I forgot who I was. I don't think that carries much water. Temporarily, now, if my wife really messed up, if she found herself another boyfriend for even just for a few moments, for a, for a little while, had just some short thing and came back to me and says, you know how I feel about you. You know I love you, Lynn. I said, yes, I do. But temporarily, I forgot who I was. I forgot that I was Mrs. Roy Lynn Hardy. And, uh, yeah, and, but you know my heart. You know who I am. It's like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. You need to explain to me how sorry that you are that you did that. You need to repent of that. I can forgive you. But for you just to expect that I know your heart, I know what, that you didn't mean to, it's like, the word says here, if they come and sin against you and come and repent, forgive them. So it is necessary that we continue to repent for our sin. If you sin again, you repent again. Does that make sense? It's not a one and done thing. I don't believe that for a second. Otherwise, what do we need that conviction of the Holy Spirit for? It says he will come to convict us of our sin. I don't think that's originally just a one time. I think as we walk with the Holy Spirit, as we're no longer walking in the flesh, but walking in the Spirit, that there is a continual, that he's going to be speaking. That still small voice is speaking in your ear. And he's giving you a warning. He's giving you a heads up, and you're making a choice. You don't forget who you are. You chose to step into something that you had a warning about. And, this, and there's another scripture, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, verse that, that says that he will not allow any temptation that's not happened over and over again to the rest of the world that he will not give you an opportunity and a way of escape. So the bottom line is, you made a choice, you messed up, and you need to own up to it, ask forgiveness, repent, and he's quick to forgive you. But that's what we need to do. Pastor Lynn, it's almost quarter after. Yeah, let's let's close. Would you stand with me? Father, I thank you that you are such a good, 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 good father that you love your sons and daughters, every one, that your desire is for us to spend eternity with you, that your desire is for us to be, come, a part, to be used by you in your church for the purpose 
that you have created us, each and every one, for. And I thank you for that purpose. And I thank you for every gift, for every gift that you have handed out, that the Holy Spirit has determined and handed and passed out gifts around here. I thank you for all the gifts that are carried in this congregation. I thank you that you brought us together, and there was a reason that you brought us all together. And I, I, I so appreciate that, God. And I pray that over each one that you have gathered together here, that there will be a unity of spirit, that you will unify us as believers, as believers, that you will position our hearts in such a way that we want, that our desire is to hear the truth and to speak the truth. Because that's what we want, is to serve you in spirit and in truth, that we become love and that we speak truth in love. We thank you that you first loved us and we want to return that love to you. We give you thanks, we give you praise, and I speak blessing, power, and authority over each one that's gathered in your presence here this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.